2: God, I'm just having the best time ever. I, I I just went to take a pee and I ran to the <laughs> I ran to the bathroom. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Part Two of Private Part. Still here with Billy Billingham. Um, Billy, I just I just want to say again uh, about your book because it's amazing how do you know? Because with you said so before, did you ever think that you would ever write a book no. and and go down that? road at all i mean that's kind of just amazing how life like throws you different things like that as well isn't it that suddenly you're writing a book i'm an author
3: can you believe it? you're an author man and everybody who knows me especially from the military goes that fucking never even answered an email in his life, never mind write a book. And that's very, very true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, here I go. I'm off at a tangent again. No, I, no trust me, tangents are the best. When I took, when I took over as a sergeant major at the squadron, um, everybody used to go, because my administration is right up my ass. I can't even spell it. I'm, I'm the worst in the world with ad- administration. And um, when I took over as a major, they went, well, no, you're nailed. You've, you will be on that computer. You will have to answer emails. I went, oh, Really? So what I did, and I said, this is very true, so I take over and I'll, I'll get introduced, this is your email system here, you know, to the commanding officers, to everybody in the brigade, whatever, and I went, okay, well, so what's all that? He goes, oh, that's all in your inbox now, that's ones you've got to answer. There's like 68 emails, I went, okay, watch this. Tick, delete. <laughs> no, you did I, I did. <laughs> and I also go, the Sergeant Major was taking over and looking at me, he goes, what the fuck have you just done? And I went, if that's important, they'll come back to me. He went, you can't do that, because I've just done it. And I, I went Love that I went all around the camp And this is true And I went to each department And says, Don't send me a fucking email You want to talk <laughs> I, I have a pager I have a phone And I have an international pager You have free means Of communicating with me And it's always better You know c- Clarification I mm. won't read it And I won't And, 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 and everybody just looked at me And going He's fucking mad And I got to the CEO And the, the CEO went Okay fair point Mm. And that's exactly how I, I I mean, I did answer emails, I had to, but, but, but no,
2: but it was just your, I, I just love the fact that you, what you, what you're basically saying is that you never conform to kind of what, to whatever, to logic, everyone else is doing. You mm. went, well, I don't want to do it that way. I want to kind of do it my way. And I think that's, that is such a good lesson for a lot of people to, to, yeah. to, learn, to not follow the road that everyone else follows.
3: No, but follow the right road. And, and Follow I, the right road. Yeah, totally. I, I believed in the old fashioned system of. You know, if you want, to, you want an answer, for, if you want to ask me to do something, if I'm going to tell you I'll do it, I'll do it to the best of my ability. I'll try and do it. Rather than people telling me, oh, you have to be accountable. What do you mean I have to be fucking accountable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, can't we, can't we just have a bit of trust in each other? Of course, when it comes to contracts, it's legal. You have to do that sort of shit. But everyday sort of things that you want to do, why do I have to put it on a piece of paper so you can go back to it and say, well, you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it on time. I mean, what a sad affair we've got. You know, political correctness bullshit i know i know it's just know. gone ridiculous
2: i know i know and it's crazy and actually it stops people from doing anything actually yeah, it does. I, I saw I, I you 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 write great in your book again uh, it's i sound like the biggest fan i mean, yeah <laughs> hey everyone go go and buy billy's book um <laughs> but you write in it which is so true and you said it earlier about you know the fact with the the the, the guy the boxing guy who strapped yeah. your hand to your head where you went around the back of the pub that would never happen now and oh. how you say it in your book how how you used to have fun was your house was so small so the outside world was your fun you'd go That's and Oh, it was your playground you'd mm. go and do adventures and what happens now is that people are too scared to let their kids go and do anything because we're so connected that we're disconnected right yeah. and no one everyone wants to spend time with their computers and not go outside and explore and have adventures and that's actually a bad thing because you don't really grow as a individual right mm. you don't really grow and you mention that you say that you think it's a bit of an issue
3: it's a massive issue we, we've lost I was just saying we've lost the male uh, Role model thing now, you know, it's good be the, the feminist moving and all. I'm I'm for that, you know, equal rights and and people being paid properly and looked after properly. Fair, it's it's right. And I was just saying there, you know, even now if I'm sat in a park or something, the, the ball gets kicked to me. I look around to see where the kids' parents are before I kick it back. Because I'm so worried about, like yeah. we all are. Yeah. Oh, what's that dirty old man doing sitting in the... Fr- and it's ridiculous what we've... And we're actually, it is
2: quite weird you're sitting on a bench by yourself in a park. But, <laughs> but, that was a but, stupid yeah, example. Yeah, all right, yeah. walking through the we're park, like running sitting, through the park. I'm sitting on a bench in a park <laughs> watching the kids play football. Yeah. <laughs>
3: but but, it, but we, 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 we're we scared. The kids have been taught that yeah. everything outside the family is dangerous and you can't talk to anybody else. You know, you've got a sense and sensibility, of course. And the older generation are petrified to talk to any kids. And and we're losing that community sports thing as well because... Totally. We can't send it... And we're in a safer place than we've ever been. You know, everybody has got communications now. From the youngest kid to the oldest oldest person has got a phone or an iPhone or something. You've got tracking devices, You've got whatever you want. The CCTV's in every corner of the globe now. Mm. You know, so we are in, in many respects in a safer place. And you've just got to... Have that sense of sensibility to, and get back into the real world and, and bet, let people be a bit free. Yeah, be free. Go out there and enjoy what's out there.
2: It, you know, speaking of being free, when you 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 said that moment that you kind of uh, sort of felt like you're a partisan. You you were a cadet and then yeah. you know, and the, you you went and in, went into the military and that kind of time what was it like what because
3: your brother was in there at at the time so you followed your brother in didn't you yeah into the cadets yeah and this is this is where I I really felt comfortable with learning no I wasn't at school I couldn't understand why do I need to know algebra why do I need to put an apostrophe what use is that to me yeah but then I went into the cadets and they were teaching me how to physically stop somebody from bleeding to death learning first aid fire a weapon learning how to and that made sense to me i can use this i don't see where i can use algebra and bullshit i, I you know i weren't interested in it. no i wasn't yeah. so i didn't want to learn it now i was being taught something that i thought i want to learn and i was being di- disciplined you know i couldn't well I, 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 I couldn't get away with being so gobby anymore because i got slapped around the head and put in put in my place and i kind of liked that i enjoyed being put in my place and being being you know taught properly and and sort of showing discipline and respect and being taught okay, this is what it's all about.
2: Yeah, but that's also a sign of a true leader, right? um, Because, again, it goes back to that same thing that you didn't really want to do anything unless you you were interested in it and you wanted to learn from it. And actually, a lot of people in life just, uh, you know, and not in a bad way at all, but a lot of people are sheep. They follow the shepherd, right? And that's what they do because they like security. They like the, the routine. They like that kind of aspect of life. And there's no, you know, lots of people like that. But there are individuals who don't want to do that because they go, like you said, what is the point? Why... And you know, again, this is why we're so similar. Um <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of the same where I yeah, we're so similar. So, God. It's <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> Do you look in the mirror sometimes and go, <laughs> Am I Jamie? Who <laughs> like, am I today? Who am I today? You must get confused the whole time. Um but it's true where you, you had that thing where you're like, I well, I don't want to to learn it if I don't really care about it. So you suddenly must felt it's like when you started a box, right? Yeah. You and when you went to Gadet, you must suddenly have felt this sense of like Home, well, this is where yeah. I
3: belong. It was exactly that, mate. It, it was, it was, it meant something to me. It felt comfortable. I enjoyed it, you know, and, and there was always challenges with it. You know, boxing, there's always a challenge because you're fighting somebody and you want to win. Cadets was always, you had to reach a certain standard, and I loved it. Whereas school, it was just, for me, it was just what bit I did was, you know, I'll read that book and answer the questions at the back. and for, why it wasn't challenging it, enough. no it wasn't challenging it didn't mean anything to me yeah you know and don't get me wrong there's no substitute for good education I, I, that's another regret that i wish I'd, I'd been better at school
2: that's the pc bit for you there yeah. look
3: hey, everyone yeah. stay in school well yeah. <laughs> get at least get some education I, you know i had to do all my education when i got into the military so when everybody yeah. else was going off you know abseiling and, and and sailing or, or free falling i was kind of stuck in a classroom learning how to can spell my name and and so i had to catch up later on in life but that's the way it is but
2: but you said those moments you said like you learned to drive a snowmobile you learned to do this yeah. you learned to like you know protect people you learned far more than you would have ever learned at school just in the military and actually like life life like like life skills yeah. right which you would never had how to be a leader how to protect people and and it's it's so interesting what you said about mentality right because you know you, you, once you left the military, you you know, this is skippy, but once you left the military, you went and looked after like Hollywood stars and things yeah. like that and you were bodyguard for all of them and, uh, you know, like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Angela Jolie, you know, used to say to, or Tom Cruise had that conversation said, you know, the biggest or the strongest. Was, it was it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Sylvester Stallone, or someone said it to you, and you said, "No, it's what's in my mind."
3: It's Hulk Hogan.
2: It, it, it was it Hulk Hogan. Yeah, He said it to you? No, it's what's in my mind. Yeah. I just I I know yeah. when I need to protect. I know what's going to happen to the point where Tom
3: Cruise's wife. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? His well, girlfriend. He was um, uh, Penelope Cruz. I, I had no idea she was. Yeah, I was I was, I was in Rome and I uh, went out to look after him and. I'll I'll tell this story on on my uh, audiences with, and yeah, I I end up in uh, Rome, and as you do any of these jobs, you get there early, you do all your reconnaissance, find out the security threats, find out where they're staying, where they're going to go, check out the drivers, doing all this stuff, and when I got to Rome, outside the hotel, which it was supposed to be covert, he didn't want anybody knowing he was coming keep it below that grade there was already 150 people there knew he was coming it was all the paparazzi i thought fuck how am i going to deal with
2: this is it intense yeah so i it's thought intense, yes. i didn't
3: know what i was going to do because he didn't you know so i just went to him i says listen i'm going to take him to another hotel unless you do as i ask you and they went well what do you want it was a, a, a italian paparazzi who spoke english and i said i want to clear the all the way down to the door so you don't bother us so we can get through it okay we can do that and i said i'll give you 10 seconds with him to get your pictures is that he was that's the deal by the time we get to the hotel, there's 450 people there. And Tom's in the thing. I'm like, oh, shit. How am I going to deal with this? And you can't you can't protect in that? No, in reality. Of course you can't. But they don't know that. So I get out of the car and I find this guy that I spoke to earlier. And I says, I told you. And he spoke in Italian to everybody in this crowd. And it was like the part in the waves. I've never seen anything like it, As I swear. Everybody moved out of the way. And I had a clear run all the way down to the doorway. And I remember Tom looking and going, what the fuck has he just done? <laughs> and as we're walking down there, I've got him on my left-hand side and already briefed him up, don't take this personal if I have to push you, grab you. He goes, no, that's fine. So as we get to the door, I said, so you're going to have to just pause for 10 seconds. Yeah, no worries. So he turns around, they get all the shots. And as we're just about to step into the doorway, from the blind side, something running at me. I had no idea what it was. I hadn't even got time to turn. So I went to grab him around the shoulders, but I grabbed him around the neck. And I grab this thing around the neck and I then fall into the, into the doorway and these two heads just look at each other and Tom goes, meet Penelope, my girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and you took, you took Penelope Cruz in yeah. a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> we get into the lift and he goes, oh, Billy, officially meet Penelope. <laughs> That's just genius, it's, it's, but that's your,
2: that's your mentality, right? You This has been taught and been grained yeah. within you for all this time. You know, one of the, the biggest things and everyone discusses, and I know, and as you said at the beginning, the funny thing about the SAS is that it's, it's something that you work towards, you want to achieve your entire life. It's like playing for England in yeah. a sense, but then you can never talk about it because that's the, the point of it. But I think what you can talk about is your selection process yeah. and how tough oh yeah that, that is yeah. and he oh, goes see you now going yeah, back yeah. you're going back to it can you just quickly so you, you're you in the military you decide to that you want Did you know you want to go in the SS? someone said oh you should try this out
3: no it, it's one of them things you, I think you know it's like <clears throat> you start as a football. if you want to put the same sort of example you know you start at a club probably you know down in the lower groups but you want to be at the top club whatever that is whether it's Man United or Leeds United or whatever it is you know you want to be in that top position the the military around the world, the best in the world is the SES. No two ways about it. Why is that, though? I'll tell you why. Because of our mentality, our lessons learned. The way we do business, you know, we're a very small unit. We don't rely on technology. We always go back to basics, but we learn our lessons. The thing of beauty about the regiment is this. No matter how good the job is, and what, we don't get and pass each other on the back and go, well, that was great. We did brilliant. What we actually do is go, right, what could we have done better? What have we learned from this? And it's right down to how uh, we've planned for it, the equipment we use, the actual operation, the way it went down. And that's true. That's all we talk about is what could have been better. And we'd we keep those lessons written up. Mm. And the next time you do an operation, there's always something very similar. You go back to it. So you're already a, a step ahead of the curve. And we're good at that. The Brits are good at that. And we don't rely on equipment and technology. And the reason being is because we fucking haven't got any. Yeah. We're a poor nation. We're always, you know, the tail at the end of the dog, you know, yeah, yeah, generally yeah. this American beast. Totally, totally, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So w- that's what we learn. the hard. We do learn the hard way. You know, we train hard, and we really do train hard, and we train real, but it's all based on lessons learned. And, that's, and we've got a lot of history. You know, I will tell you right now, every operation I've done, you, you'll take, it, it, it could be in the desert, it could be in the jungle. There's an element of what you've learned in Northern Ireland put into that. You've yeah. just got to decide what bit actually... Helps enhance what you're doing where you are, and we're really good at that based on what I've just said lessons learned and yeah, 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 and our history.
2: So, so, and as you said, you're related to football, you go and play in a football yeah. team or in a league, and you slowly build your way up, and then suddenly you get the opportunity to, to play play for yeah. England. You, 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 set, the selection comes forward for the SAS, and you think, Well, I'll give that a go. Is that what kind of happened?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I'd had a lot of friends before me go and do it, and at the time, I'd, I had a young family, and I thought, Is this what I want to do? How old were you? I was 24, 25. Shit, so yeah, and and young. I know, but I mean, I was fit as a fiddle at the time and I was, I was doing well with the parachute regiment. I've been in operations and I loved the para It was an awesome time. I just felt I want to, again, push myself. I want to, two things. I, I want to be where my mates are because I knew they were up to real good stuff, although they weren't telling me, I knew. And secondly, I just thought, can I do it? I'll regret it for the rest of my life if I don't go for it and at least tick that box and say, I knew I could do it or I failed it. And that was the second reason, and that was it. And I decided, uh, two years' notice before I went on it, because that's what we had to give in the parachute reg- regiment. That, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I want yeah. to go. Two years, yeah, because that's because. Uh, I mean, th- there was a, a from the parachute regiment. I mean, you have to commit to being with that unit for a, a period of time, and it's down to the CO's discretion whether you, and when you can go. And at the time, it was two years, and I was being posted anyway to. The training depot, which was a great, it was a great thing, great job anyway. So I already knew it was going to be two years, but the CEO actually, he pushed it to the right a little bit and kept me down there a little bit longer. So it was two and a half years of notice i gave give before I went on selection. So, you know, and I was, I, I just wanted to do it and wanted to challenge myself. And then when I got there, it wasn't quite what I expected. You know, this crazy world opened up to me. I, I was In like, what sense? I'll give you an example I mean at the time we we're on the counter-terrorist team so we went in there you know in all the black stuff and learning all, which was what I was expecting and then after about a month or so I get put onto a medical course which is massively intense it was a 10, ten week course and you and I can say this you come off at the, at the end of it qualified as a doctor who does five years you don't know the terminology, you don't know all the, the you know, the. The, the terms, anything. Yeah. yeah, you don't know. But don't physically, it. you know exactly how to save a life, how to put a chest strain in, how to do a cut down, how to. Really? Yeah. So, check this out, right? So, anyway, I end up on this course, and you're on the faculty of the weekends, you've got the best doctors from around the world grilling you and pushing you through this course. And then the next thing, I'm at the Royal London. I worked at the Royal London and Whitechapel for a month as a doctor. Really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and honestly, got me, I mean, shooting, stabbing, and angu- we, we had it all so you're getting full hands on of all this stuff and it was amazing and you soon learn to think you know a body's like a car it stops moving why does it stop moving it's run out of fuel it's run out of blood it's got that's it's, how you look at it yeah it's, it's, you're a mechanic you're a human mechanic and that's all it is and I got my head around that pretty quick and people talk about decision making as well I remember going to a, a faculty test weekend all the doctors from UK at the John Ratcliffe hospital in, in uh, where, Oxford. I was, where I was born yeah okay yeah he
2: probably delivered
3: me i did <laughs> call be <me> dead, <laughs> you little shit <laughs> and, and i remember i remember this 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 ed consultant to all us doctors throwing out this scenario it's a it's a road traffic actor da, 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 da. and i had the answer in seconds but i was too scared to put my hand up and then i thought fuck it and i stopped my hand up and i went tension pneumothorax he needs a chest drain and he went perfect and everybody looked at me and went God, he must be. A, he's been around a bit. I hadn't. That was, you know, but but you wow. know. So this crazy world opened up to me. I'm a, one minute I'm a doctor. Next minute I'm on a language course. I couldn't even fucking spell the language. I didn't know. I yeah, kn- yeah, didn't yeah. know where this country was. 14 weeks of intense language training, and then sometime after that I'm on a chainsaw course in freaking Old Lacey I don't I still don't know where that fitted into the regiment but <laughs> you know I'm a tree surgeon now yeah. I was like where did that come in so that's so what like happened this crazy world opens up you know and he was
2: it was amazing it, it, it I see that that just baffles me because that is you know to like life right life okay when, mm. when people talk about the meaning of life and they kind of go okay what is the meaning of life and actually the meaning of life is and like experience and find a purpose and do everything you possibly can that opens your world up to doing everything you possibly yeah. can that's insane
0: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Going back to, I, I know, i just so intrigued, the, the selection process of the SAS. Yeah. I know you probably can't do it, but how hard is it?
3: May, it, it? It's not impossible, that's for sure.
2: But it, it's close to.
3: It's fucking hard. I mean, <laughs> I think 283 of us started and seven of us finished. So that gives, and and on day two, 80 went. 80 people gone on day two. Do
2: they tickle you in the first day? What happens? Because I would give up after that.
3: What do they do? They tickle me. I would give up, mate. (laughs) Especially if you touch my feet. Yeah, just tickle me. I kill you. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I I, I think a lot of it, though, is people psych themselves out. Yeah. You know, you can do it. Proven you can do it. But the difference between selection and anything else in the military is it's all about self-motivation. Yeah, yeah. And you don't, you're not used to it. So where you see on the show we scream and shout at them, that's not the SAS, let me tell you that right now. They will ask you to do it. If they're asking you, they're telling you. They'll just say, right, okay, be on parade tomorrow morning, five o'clock, with a Bergen weighing 60 pounds, this time, ready to go. If you decide, fuck it, I can't be asked to get out of bed. They don't come scream and shout, get out, they go, okay, no problem. The truck will be here this afternoon, take you back to wherever you come, enjoy.
2: No ifs or buts, that's no, it, done.
3: There's no encouragement or discouragement.
2: And I, really? went,
3: I was a DS as well, that's the difference. So it's down to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've either got to want it or you don't, and it's for the first time in your ministry career, that... no one's screaming at you and shouting and dragging you along because they don't. It's up to you. It's no problem. You don't. You don't want to keep up the front. I've told you, if you're up the front, you will pass. If you're not. It's only you. They're not going to kick you up the ass and go, let's go.
2: Shit, that's self-motivation. That's the hardest form of motivation. Yeah. So That's why people all have personal trainers. That's why people have teachers, because that pushes you to go forward. Yeah. It's very hard to motivate yourself that way. And so that's what I find super fascinating, because holy shit, it's, it's that, that, like, pushing yourself yeah. is, like, the hardest thing in the world to do, right?
3: It is. You've got to want something to do it. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to be in the SES and I wanted to pass. I wanted to prove I could do this. And it was fucking hard. You know, physically and mentally, probably some of the toughest stuff I've ever done in my life.
2: And also it's because... I I watched this, I think I've said this before. I mentioned it. there's a, a really good documentary in a book actually about called Touching the Void, which is about yeah. have you yeah, yeah Everest. Ever yeah no no K two, sorry. He's he, he, yeah, he climbs K two and he drops down. Anyway story is it's K two or Everest, maybe it is Everest, where two buddies climb yeah. up uh up a mountain <laughs> a Everest or K2 anyway storm hits one of them they wake up in the middle of the night and one of them is being dragged over the edge by his partner and he has to make a decision to cut the rope so he falls yeah. into a ravine or not he cuts the rope the guy falls thinks he's dead and he leaves and that's why he leaves his mate and the guy who fell survives and he has to drag himself yeah. to safety and, he dragged, and the way he got through it is he looked 20 metres ahead every single time he said if, if I get to that rock 20 metres ahead I can do it he dragged himself to that rock broken legs broken spleen frostbite all over the place and it was bit by bit and i suppose that's the mentality that you have to do you can't if you look at the whole thing and you say this is how far i have to go it's impossible to do it you have to do it bit by bit right mate you've just nailed it
3: honestly that's exactly what it was like sign me up (laughs) this man's past election he could start a fight with a nun so and i'd win (laughs) you'd, you'd literally do that uh, the thing with the, with S-S-S-S-L-S, you start and you go right. You kind of look to the future, then you go. You take it week by week, day by day, and as the chips go down, you start getting to hour by hour, minute by minute. By the that, end,
2: that and that seriously. Is.
3: But but what? Let's the phase one is like the, over the mountains and all this shit. And what I used to do is, I see somebody in in front of me, and I go, "That's my target." Just like you were just saying there, that rock, that guy in front of me is my target. I've got to get to him. So I'm not thinking about anything else other than get to him and get past him. So that's what I do. And I do it. And I, the, I used to have that, you know, ain't never going to break my stride. That song. I used to have that in my, on my really, head all the time saying it to myself. when I'm, I want to get there. I want to get there. And I would. And that's what I do. And who's, what's next in front of me? And I would go and just keep going and going and going. And I remember by the time you do endurance, my, my knee was the same size as my waist. <laughs> and I thought, there's no way I'm going to, I'll cut my leg off and drag it. Really, you, I were, the piss there, you, you were
2: like that you were I, I'm, like,
3: yeah I ain't gonna stop now I'm gonna, I've got to do this and I'll do it and I did it well and I did it in a good time but it wasn't it easy it was painful but the fact is I wanted it and you've got to want it and so again self-motivation
2: yeah speaking of uh, pain as well but you know there's uh, the biggest thing i suppose that when you know and probably the i reckon if you sit down in a bar in a pub at a dinner party at a con, whatever it is yeah. the main thing that people sort of come up to you and probably say is oh tell me what it's like you know yeah. you know and they also probably say in the nights where they go oh have you killed someone all the, uh, those are the things that come up right and it's not what i want to say but i think what i always think about is how dealing with death Mm. and I think that death is a really interesting thing because, firstly, we it's completely alien to everyone. No one knows about it. People, Some people fear it. Some people don't fear it. Some people don't really know what's after it. Some people are kind of calm with it, right? Um, but for you, and I'm sure you probably had to deal with a lot of death, and mm. in and how do you approach that, and how do you deal with that situation?
3: <sighs> Good question, mate. Um, how do I answer that one? Because um, cause, right, cause that's and inevitably... Yeah, well, everyone deals with it's, their life, right? Yeah, It's it's something that's going to happen to all of us. We're going to lose, we're all going to die and we're going to lose people. Totally. And so how
2: do you firstly, sorry to cut you, because everyone deals in their life with loved ones and things like that, because that's just yeah. life.
3: But I suppose your job, you knew you were going into a scenario where you kind of become callous, if I'm honest. You kind of accept that rule that I may not come back, he may not come back. Well, that's what happened. That's how it is. You know, and to a degree it is. You know, we've signed up for this. We know the risks. Of course we don't want it to happen. You never want it to happen, but it does. And at the time it does happen, you kind of just go, you know, it's, it's a sad feeling. But you just pick yourself up and go again. Just let's get on with it. You never really think about how bad it is until you stood at the side of the grave. When you stood at the side of the grave, you've got time to reflect. And you stood there and you see his kids or her kids and the the husband or wife, and you just think, fucking hell, was that worth it? And then, then you have your moment. And then you think, well... I believed it was i still believe it was for the greater good let's let's go again and i'm not trying to sound all brave brave and all that bullshit. it is that's what it is you just get on with it Mm. and it's never really affected me in i know there's a lot of ptsd and stuff out there now yeah yeah because foxy's 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 spoken openly about it struggles quite a bit and people do and we're all different i have been in horrendous situations mate and you know death i've seen it i've been there amongst it and why doesn't it affect me I, i don't know I have no idea why it doesn't but it doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's just, just different.
3: It's, it's happened. You get on with it. And don't I get my sad moments and I have my memories you know you'll smell something you'll hear something and you think of so and so you and you know it's sad but you just forget the pity party because you ain't going nowhere if you get yourself into that mess. And you can't help that. You know it, we're all different as I keep saying. You just have to get on, get up and move forward, keep going. The only time it really I had a bad time was my dad died. Uh my, my mom had lung cancer and our, our, you know we knew she was dying but God, he, it became a bit of a joke. <laughs> Used to come home on live and go, "Mom, he's, what the fuck are you doing still alive?" <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a joke. But you like, have to do yeah. that. You have to. Yeah, it was just a bit of humour. But she fought like a trooper, you know. And one day I was away in QA and I got a call in the middle of the night. And I think we all know that sort of call cool, you're dreading. I thought, "Here we go." And it was my hysterical sister crying, and I, was, and I, I couldn't even get a words. I went, "I oh, know, Mom's died, right?" She went, "Nope, Dad's died." And it was like I'd just been hit with a sledgehammer. I went, "Say that again." And I just, mate, I just. I dropped the phone and I couldn't even think. I couldn't. It really hit me hard, and I thought, "How oh, my dad's dead, how, how did that happen?" Then I think he's been stabbed. He's some attack. She goes, "No, he's died of cancer." I was, "How has he died of cancer?" We don't know that. And he he had cancer, and he I think he was more scared of my mom dying before him. He had he wouldn't let any, he didn't tell any of us, none of us. Fact. Anyway, so I get this what thing. What a brave guy, man! I know that is he was nails, and, and so he died. He dies of this extreme cancer that he's got, which we knew nothing about, we felt terrible about. Because he had and to then, be the
2: leader of the family.
3: Yeah, so then I, I come back from QA and we're better than my dad. I do the eulogy. And that's where I really knew what my dad was all about. I thought, I've got to write the eulogy for him. And I thought, what? so I dug deep and what was he really like? And then I kind of looked at my child and thought, he kind of was never there for me, or I felt he wasn't. He didn't know anything. But even the, all my regiment stuff, you know, saving lives, doing all this sort of stuff and some of it been in the paper. He, he never spoke about it. And I thought he doesn't even know about it. When he died, under his bed, I found a shoebox. My brother found it. He goes, "Have you seen this?" It was every job he knew I'd been on, everything about my box. He had everything. Never told me a word about it. And I
2: was like, "Fuck!"
3: So I really understood. So what I'm getting back to is, you know, how things affect you. And then I really, so it was really, real tough, like, to stand there and talk about my old man. Like you know, the vicar started crying.
2: Yeah, man, I it think was ridiculous. I'm getting emotional. i right yeah, <laughs> it's so the first time i ever got emotional on private bars. Well, don't just, do that, mate.
3: So, Jesus. So, so the, the, it affected me then, you know, so I thought, is this PTSD? What is this? And then I kind of got over it and I went back to Florida with my missus to just chill out for a couple of weeks before I went back to work in uh, QA. And then literally a month to the day, I get a phone call again, hysterical sister, I thought, you all got to be kidding me. She goes, mom's died. She died a month, exactly a month after him, you know. And it was just... It was just surreal. It's still surreal today. You know, because my brother's got the house, our family house, and I walk in there expecting them to be there now. And that affected me for a while. And I just thought, it's so unfair. But it that's life, isn't it? Do you know what's
2: so funny, buddy, is that... Uh is that okay you look at so you look at someone like michael schumacher right yeah. who spent his whole life driving these insanely fast cars putting him on the edge so dangerous yeah. and nothing happened then he leaves and in a skiing accident he falls into a coma right same thing you 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 have your whole job throughout your life which is full of death and and troubles and, and all these different things and it doesn't affect you but then when something mm. like family that happens you know family does die that's the thing that uh, that affects yeah. you and but that just shows your true heart right that just, you, that yeah, just yeah. shows you know we're all you, human you will human, but not even that but You you sort of, you understood it, right? Because you could separate what you were doing. That is just what happens. That's why it's your job. You know, you're going to deal with this situation. But actually, when something like that, it it, it comes as a shock to the system. It it affects you
3: differently. And it it is weird because we all know we're going to die. But when it it happens, you're not expecting it. And you just think, fuck, what could I have done? What should I have done before? I actually did, this is going to sound ridiculous. I actually got a chance to tell my dad I loved him. A couple of months before he died, he was in an argument. You know, I think he wanted to have a fight with me, and I was like, "Get out, Dad! I love you." And he looked at me. And goes, what did you just say? And I was like, "You know." But I've always wanted to say that to the old man, like you know. So I got a chance to do that. And, and once they've gone, you think, "I wish I'd have done this." I wish he'd actually said to me, "Hey," I'm, when I took him to the MB, MBE thing, um the read out the citation why you get your awards. And I remember looking at my old man's face, and he turned to my, old mom, my mom, and he goes, "He did what? He, he's done what?" He had no idea, or made yeah, yeah. out he didn't. But then when he died, on he had everything there. He knew. It was just man, that's insane. It's just crazy, isn't it?
2: So, so, dude, what a freaking dude! That's a story, man. That's just insane. But I no, appreciate you for sharing that, man. If you look back at, you know, you said you're you're in your early fifties now. If you look back at your life now, mm. and you said about regrets and things like that, what kind of, what I suppose, what lesson do you think you've learned, or what kind of kind of you taught yourself like about life and things like that? Is there anything that you kind of go. Holy shit, this is... If I was going back to that 11-year-old self right now, looking back, what would I tell that person? That kind God, of cheesy thing.
3: I, would, I wouldn't I would have put my mum and dad through what i put them through. Really? I'll be honest, yeah. Because, I mean, they were working 12-hour shifts. And, and being a parent, you really realise how painful it is when your kids are going rogue. And yeah, yeah. Especially in today's world, you know, the drugs problem, the knifing problem. You just don't... The kid, your kid walks out the door, and you think, you don't know if... It, even in London, you don't know if they're going to come back. Mm. That, that's sad to say that, but that's how we are. You know, so... Yeah, my regret is that I wish I'd have been less of a little shit than I was. You know, but I'm I'm kind of glad of many of the lessons I no, learned. but you were, you I, were, I wish I hadn't put them through what I put them through.
2: Yeah, but mate, but like, listen, I think uh, you know your your life. If you hadn't have gone down the road, you hadn't had those experiences. If you hadn't done those different things in life, you wouldn't be the person yeah, you are. and You wouldn't be where you are tonight today. And and honestly, mate, I you know I I can't tell kind of go and grab uh, Billy's book uh, the hard way. It's just it is. It is simply amazing. You know, what we spoke about on the podcast is only like a snippet of what you've been through, what you've done, your your kind of what you've learned, things like that. Um, mate, I really honestly appreciate more than anything coming on the podcast. It's been it's that, a
3: pleasure to be, Mate, it? it's been it's, it's always good to catch up, you. it's got more life than it. He's like he's like a, <laughs> a bottle of fizzy pop that someone's shaking up, is it? You've undone it. He's mate, like, wow Listen, mate, give me some of that. I energy. wake
2: up in the morning and I look at myself in the mirror and I go, Shh, it's you know <laughs> Billingham today. We're one of a kind, buddy. There we go. (laughs) Mate, I really honestly appreciate it. Listen, um, SAS is coming back up for another series, which is super exciting. Go and check it out on Channel 4. Go and grab your book. Follow you on Instagram and Twitter, all the social media things. And also, are you going to go on your tour
3: again? Yeah, we start the tour again in February, I think. And then it's it's a slow build-up. There's a few places from February, March, April, then May's full on. We're going to try and get around as many of the... Sort of uh, little towns and villages that we can. What, what's I'd it, love people it, to come it, on. Yeah, what's what's it called? What's the tour called? It's it's called the the Alf tour. Always a little further tour. Um, I'm going to keep it the same. Um, for most of this year so if anybody's been to one it's going to be the same show because I think there's a lot of lessons learned it, it goes through the childhood to where I've been you know mm-hmm. um, from the military to the celebrity world to this side of the camera to that side of the camera and a lot of lessons learned through a story as opposed to quotes and statistics I don't do none of that bullshit it's, no, you, 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 you
2: stand on stage you tell your story yeah. you tell a story and not only do you just tell a story I, the, the things that will help individuals and, and yeah. stuff like that what I love is I, I, I follow you on Instagram obviously and I see your runs in the morning when you give yeah. your Little motivational things, and it does, it truly helps. It oh, really does. Because, no, mate, you be there's a lot of people out there trying to be motivational and, and things like that. And you kind of go, Look, mate, some people think it's authentic, some people don't. When it comes to you, you know how authentic is is. You're a true guy, you don't try and be anything you're not. And that's mm-hmm. kind of such a credit to you as an individual. I really go and get tickets. Where can we get tickets? What is the website? On the
3: website, it'll be on the website. The new, um, uh, locations will be posted in the next couple of days. But yeah, come along. It, it's absolutely great. I, we meet some brilliant people. And it's yeah, weird yeah. because you kind of think, what's the sort of dynamic of the audience? There's nine-year-olds to 80-year-olds. And I think, yeah, well, yeah, what yeah. have I got to teach an 80-year-old? And the audience laugh along with it. But you know, I see these older people never laugh. And I think, oh, shit, they probably thought it was Mark Billingham, the other writer. <laughs> and, and then they come to me and I've had it. I've just done a Saga trip. I went on Saga and spoke on the on the ship. And the place was full. It was brilliant. Mate, all these old people come to and go, I've learned so much. <laughs> Freaking... Mate, I, I cannot tell
2: you you don't understand. I think, I think you, you don't realise how, how much kind of your influence spreads. I mean, you, you really do have a, a wide audience. Um, it, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, no, dude, it's great. Go and get the tickets. We're going to leave the link below on, on our podcast. If you want to go and get tickets and follow Billy, all that kind of stuff, just check out below. Billy, what we like to do at the end of the podcast, and I, I probably should have warned you this before, it's nothing bad, but we want to leave our listeners with something inspirational.
3: Believe in yourself, no matter how bad it gets, the darker space, it's a passage in time, and that's all it is. And there is always an option. It's never a good option, but there's an option. Find the option, work on it, stick with it, and before you know it, you'll be looking back and going, wow, what was that all about? Passage of time, get through the darkness. Always a little further. Anyway, Mark Billy Billingham,
2: thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, mate.